Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Well, we're live. Hey, this is it. We're live. It says you are live. Yeah, jiggle uh, it. Come on. <laughs> Welcome to the Mike's Beer Bar Virtual Happy Hour, uh, which we have every week at 530. Uh, it is brought to you by, coincidentally enough, Mike's Beer Bar, which uh, is open for business. It's on Federal Street right across from PNC Park, right across from the Willie Stargell statue. It's uh, everything's open. All the, the full menu, takeout. It's safe. Uh, I was there yesterday. You can spread out. You know, sit there without the mask and eat the food and all that other stuff. Great place to be. I'm joined, of course, by Chris Carter, our NFL analyst, 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 and for the very first time, the great Ramon Foster, yeah. former Steelers guard, oh. columnist extraordinaire. Hey. Not too many titles, man. I was always told you have too many titles, they start paying you less. So just give me one title. He's actually right about that, though. <laughs> I can I can definitely hear that. Uh, guys, we're we're not that far away from from football. This week, we saw in the news that there were opt outs in the NFL. I, I believe the exact number was sixty six. The exact number of Steelers who opted out was exactly zero. Moan, you and I were texting about this last night, but most of the guys who opted out, half of them were linemen. Yeah. And I, I can't help but think that that's not a coincidence, maybe just because, you know, they're the ones who are literally right down there on the front line with people spitting in your face and everything else, you know? Yeah. It's a lot that goes into, you know, and I'm back and forth exchange a little bit. Uh, there's a lot actually to digest and, and, and some of it is one size of offensive linemen that right there, you know, is, is, I guess one of the hot spots as far as dealing with uh, COVID-19 and, but I'll say this too. A lot of guys I know that are big guys are actually in really good shape too. Cardio wise, just health wise. Hey, they might eat, but they also work out. They run, they're active and then you go down the line. Another, so, you know, size been one thing. And with a lot of guys, some of them size is hereditary. Like, you look at one parent, big person. Another parent, big person. If not the parent, then maybe the granddad or uncle or somebody is. It kind of, <laughs> it, it, you know, it kind of goes in that. Um, and doesn't it cross side, over? Moan, doesn't it cross it, over? Do you know what I'm it, talking about? Isn't it like yeah. mom is big, so then the son is big and so forth? Yeah, it, it's kind of like that. And I've seen young guys deal with that. Um, if you see people who are just like huge people, then you're like, okay, that's like a family thing, man. Um, and, and to no no fault other than that's just what they know. And that's all they've ever, ever been. And it takes a change to, to get to the point where they're actually an elite athlete in a sense or being able to function in, on, on, at a high level like that takes is, is, a, is, a, is a lot. Um, the other aspect of it, too, for me was um, just dealing with, you know, the hereditary things that come with, especially black athletes. 
you know, high blood pressure, hypertension, and and just coming from a history of just not having the overall health like a lot of society have had, you know, with 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 with, with the economic status of, of let's say African American athletes, a lot of time is what's in front of you is what you eat. And sometimes a lot of times what you eat is usually cheap and it's a lot usually unhealthy too. Sad to say, but it's true. And the other the other, you know, hypothetical situation that that came to my mind was training solo which is what a lot of guys had to do this off season it's hard i've done it for like six seven eight years okay like either guys i've played with were either done or like when i'm in nashville it's not a whole lot of linemen to train with you or right. they're out of the league the league is two three years a guy might get five to seven so I trained like my last like seven, eight years solo. And I'll say this, it takes a lot to train solo. I we're gonna, talk we're... So... Go ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead. Finish up. Finish no, up. I, I, I used to talk trash to my trainer just because to keep me going. Like, like our relationship got really close. And I say that because you might have dealt with some guys with a lot of downtime. And in that downtime, some days they might work up. Some days they might not work out. Okay. You see what I'm saying? And yeah, some yeah, guys yeah. could have not could have not been ready. I'll say that too. That's that's the situation that could have been something too. We're taking questions uh from viewers, from readers. Steve Strohline chimes in with a hail to pit and a ghost stealers. He's getting a two for one. For anybody who hasn't heard, Carter is now also doing a two for one. <laughs> Carter is our pit beat guy full time. Mm -hmm. They opened training camp today, Carter. Any news out of there? Any sense for what's going on over at the South Side now that they are the only residents of the South Side <laughs> since they kicked the Steelers out? <laughs> yeah, that's totally how it worked. They said, Steelers, you go. Get out, You're out of here, man. <laughs> have Rooney's name on the complex, and that's it. You're out of there. Well, so one thing that came across in talking to, we talked to head coach Pat Marduzzi. We talked to offensive coordinator uh, Mark Whipple. Um, we, you know, we were talking to, we, we got to talk to Jim Morrissey and and, uh, and Kenny Pickett. All these guys were saying the same thing that everyone is all in on the season. They bought in, they had just like the Steelers, they had zero players opt out of the season because of COVID. They had a couple players that were injured that aren't going to be able to play, but all in all, they're, they're ready to, they're ready to go. They're feeling very confident. They're bringing back a lot of returning seniors. Uh, yes. their, their secondary is three seniors and Paris Ford. You know, so like they, they were talking, DeMar Hamlin was talking about how both him and Paris are on another level of chemistry and communication, both on and off the field. But then you throw in the other, the rest of their secondary, Damari and Jason Pinnock, they're, they're talking the same way because they've been around a lot. And because they have all that leadership, they also talked about how even through all of this and everything's weird and people got to wear masks and face shields and all this other stuff. They said that all this veteran leadership that they've been able to have, the guys that have yeah. been here for a while, they're helping those young guys that are kind of like, I don't know what this is supposed to be like, but they have so many veterans that are here helping. They're, they're really making a, a difference. Um, so it's uh it it's been, a, it's been a, it was a very interesting first day. Um, Pat, Coach Pat and Mar Pat, and Ar Pat, excuse me, Pat Narduzzi, said that they actually – this was the smoothest first day of practice he's had over his time coaching at Pitt. Wow. Um, as far as the offense goes, he said there was only one mistake that he saw uh, as far as just like normal exchanges and things like that. And uh, he said all in all, they actually moved the ball against Pitt's defense in their two-minute drills. And considering Pitt's defense has 
three stars that are supposed to go in the first three rounds of this this upcoming on the defense, right? On defense, yeah, it's it's it says a lot. So they're very yeah, confident impressive. and they're ready. Moan, how much did you guys ever did you? I, I've seen some Steelers and Pitt interaction during normal non-coronavirus times when everybody's sharing <laughs> the complex, but it was never too much. You know, no. it was never the good. It, it, it wasn't. I think, you know, both sides tried to keep it separated. With Coach Narduzzi and Coach Tomlin, they, we both tried to keep it separate. I think they went early morning practices, and we went mid-morning to late, uh, right. I guess, early afternoon practices. So it was on Fridays, which is our early days, we were able to see them, see the end of their practices and stuff like that. And I think it, it, it could be a little bit of a, of a distraction also with having us out there, you know, during their practice. So it worked out well for them. I salute, and I'll say this too, for the people who go to, for the kids that go to Pitt to play football, I salute you guys. That commitment to leave your campus to come down to the South side every day as far on as those training, buses. Yeah, that's people a see lot, those on those little, those little school buses they come yeah. down on. Yeah, down the hill. That's a good point. I, it's dedication. I, I exactly. And, is it, and you know what? Having the whole entire um, uh, facility by themselves is probably a, a luxury that they hadn't seen in a long time. Um, Pitt's uh, facility is like split with ours for the people who don't know. And mm -hmm. I'm sure they're probably using some of ours too, which is because they got a social distance. That's something I think I hope in the future for Pitt's sake because there's a lot of really good players that come out of Pitt football. I hope they get a chance to get their own facility or at least be able to expand it enough to where they're competing with, you know, I hate to say it on, on this, on this, since it's the Pittsburgh, but like the SEC schools, your, your Ohio States, your Michigans, they have, it's, it's like a, a palace, mm -hmm. you know, and, and, mm -hmm. and as good as Pitt has been recently and the players they've put out over a long amount of time, it would be good to see them get that same treatment too. A question from Cody for Ramon. He asks, do you think we, meaning the Steelers, are back to a contender again with Big Ben back? He says that he does. How about you, Ramon? Is it is it as simple? Let me ask, let me ask you this, because I know you – I mean, everyone's going to say yes. But I, what I want to – I want to <laughs> challenge you a little bit here, because Cody just was just looking for the rah-rah. Uh, <laughs> you know, is is it as simple as Ben being back? No is not as simple as Ben being back. And I'll say this too, being a contender, I think Pittsburgh is a, a contender every year, but being that is also super, super hard. Like, I don't think people understand what it takes to get a win. Like, I know the city of Pittsburgh expect us to win, and a lot goes in that, but having the, the AFC set up the way it is right now with a young Lamar, you got Deshaun, and you got uh, Pat Mahomes, like, and I'm not even to mention uh, Rivers and, and Indy. Like, that's a serious, serious pool of, of, of teams that you got to consider. But with having been with how our defense is right now, considering what we did last year with that defense, having a franchise quarterback, and I don't care what level you play on, the quarterback is the most important position on the field. Your superstars are going to make their plays. They're going to get their money. They're going to get their publicity. But if you don't have a guy manning the ship the way we've historically had with Ben over this last decade plus, uh, it's a hard, it's a hard, hard navigation to be able to deal with that. My answer though is yes. Our yes. defense, <laughs> our defense is. I don't know if there's any defense out there that's better. You'll have better players on other teams that get their accolades, but as far as a total front end to back end defense. And, of course, you guys know the saying, 
offense sells uh, tickets, defense wins championships. So however you want to phrase it, <laughs> defense wins championships. And if you know Coach Tomlin and know Coach Butts and the history of the Pittsburgh Steelers, it's a hard yes for me. Uh, Carter, who is the, the, the threat, the greatest single threat uh, in the AFC toward the Steelers being that contender. I guess you have to go inside the division since we're talking about regular season. I mean, if we're talking about, yeah, like who, who they're going to have to face, the who's going to be his tester of the season, it's got to be the Ravens. Um, they play them twice. The, the Ravens are the reigning division champs. They were the one seed last year before they got knocked out the playoffs. Lamar Jackson's coming back. Uh, you know, coming back, he's going, you know, he's going, and he has a lot of attention on him. What I'm very interested to see now is that, We've now seen half of a season and now a complete whole season of Lamar Jackson just destroying people. What's that adjustment? How? Not we- everybody. Not everybody. Oh, here we go again, Carter. He didn't destroy Tennessee and he didn't destroy Pittsburgh. Well, I, yeah. see, I okay. Here's here's my here's my thing on that. Again, I'm not saying that he was he never had a had had a day where he struggled, but he still was able to put on throughout the season. And even in that Titans game, again, he moved the ball 500 yards. The two turnovers he had dropped right off the hands of Mark Andrews in the red zone. He catches those very catchable balls. Lamar no, Jackson. that's fair. That's fair. I'm not saying Lamar Jackson's the best quarterback in the league because that's Patrick Mahomes. But Yes, it is. Um, um, <laughs> as far as he, the way that he makes them competitive, I think – the way that he gears that team up with the double, with the dual threat, and his ability to process the field both as a runner and a passer, that makes him a whole extra level of threat that the Steelers have to contain. The thing is, I think they can contain it because we saw last year at Heinz Field when, when, when you know he got he, early on, he threw he threw some touchdowns, he's moving the ball, but then you saw they were collapsing the pocket, they weren't letting him escape. They were, and you saw Mike Hilton had the interception. And Devin Bush was able to rip it off of Andrews. You know there was there were several plays they were to make. If I, you know, and Ramon, I, you know, we were like the question right here with Ben back. I think y'all win that game. You know what I mean? I, I, think, it's, I think it's exactly so. Win a lot of games. Win a lot right. of games. <laughs> Sorry. And, and I'll say this too about Lamar. I've said it time and time again. Only person I've seen recently defeat the give him a year and we'll see how it goes. Pat Mahomes. Yeah, like. And also, you got to ask yourself, too, with this entire offseason, the NFL coaching staffs and scouting staffs, film study is by far, I think, one of the best, aside from baseball doing analytics. Like, when they get a full year of seeing exactly what you do, we saw it, the Titans saw it, and now everybody's going to build off that template. And with yeah. the lack of offseason, with the lack of offseason, with them not being able to implement anything else to Lamar, unless in these 48 days of camp, they're going to go back to what they know, and he's going to go back to what he's know, and everybody's going to look at Pittsburgh and the Titans and say, we're going to do that until they yeah, stop. Yeah, they're not going to reinvent football two summers in a row. Right. Uh, let's go to CJ. He asks, with so many fewer padded practices for the Steelers, how hard will it be for those two new starting offensive linemen to gel as a total unit? Ramon, that's a fair question, and that's not oh, even yes. just because they're going to miss Ramon Foster. It's because – you're you're talking about somebody is going to be new at right tackle, yeah. And Filer's played on the inside, obviously, but but there's there's going to be chemistry issues, aren't there? Yeah, uh, I, I don't know. Matt's a, Matt Matt is a chameleon. I don't I don't worry too much about Filer. I, I think <laughs> Matt wins it a hundred percent. He's capable of doing it. He's 
a tackle that can play guard, and I think he can be a really good guard moving forward. And I, I say that in a sense of like Marquis is gonna be able to talk to him, and Al is one of those overly over 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 the, over the top talkers. So he's mm-hmm. going to be on the same page with Matt. The thing that you got to run into uh, aside from Matt is the right tackle position. It'll be a young guy. Matt has one been, of the two. It's one of the two, man. I mean, there's no he, way around that. I know. And they don't have a whole lot of film. And you're dealing with a guy in DeCastro who's uh, – he grew accustomed to, to Matt. I'll say that. And he loved playing with Matt. The young guy that comes in have to be over the top in their communication, but it also doesn't have to mess up the Castro and what they have going on. As long as they're on the same page and then get their reps and practice, uh, the, the, the physicality of it doesn't matter too much. It's the communication that's going to be the biggest thing. And also it's going to be the young guys knowing that, that who, if it's Chooks or if it's Banner, jumping into this fire and saying, hey, I got to hold my own because these other four guys have at least 16 under them. Matt's been in the league for five, six years already. He's yet to play. I mean, you know, you got to look at his experience. He's done practices and camps and everything else. What he has versus what the new right tackle is going to have is he's got experience in his league. He, the, whoever's starting at right tackle cannot be shocked by what's coming on. And no. that's all I have to say. The physicality helps itself. Like knowing that Von Miller is, is going to dip, you know, two steps in instead of three <laughs> steps in is something that they got to worry about. It's, it's not it's not the uh, the physical aspects of it. Uh, I think they'll be fine. Physically, it's just the communication and the expectation of, of starting is what they got to worry about. Kelly Wilson asks, thoughts on the running backs this year? I'm first on this one. Running backs are my baby this offseason because I am all about finding a way, finding a way to utilize, even if he is a tertiary weapon, Anthony McFarland. Tertiary. Tertiary, you like that? I like that. All right. (laughs) Anthony McFarland offers the Steelers something that they haven't had in a long time, and that is that guy – who if Alan Fanicus goes out to the right edge and blows up somebody, you've got Willie Parker to cut to the inside and take it 75 yards to the house. Uh, with all due respect to an incredible talent in Le'Veon Bell, he wasn't that guy. The Steelers have not had this guy in a while. If you go and take the field with a big set, and, and Mike Tomlin has already said they're considering putting both Eric Ebron and Vance McDonald out there together. That is a big set. Oh, I know, right? Now, on top of that, you create all this grass. There's all this grass out there. And you give the ball to McFarland and let him explode through it the way he did for the Terrapins against Ohio State for 250-some all-purpose yards. I am in favor of this as a weapon. Not a primary weapon, not a secondary weapon, but definitely a tertiary weapon. That might be even the nickname that we end up coming up with him. Carter, your thoughts on the running backs? I mean, I think that they still have have a have a good combo with uh, with Connor coming back, and I think that here's the big thing that when you look at a, a game, a lot of those games, and correct me if I'm wrong, Ramon. Teams wouldn't necessarily load the box, but a lot of times on film, I would see as soon as the ball was snapped, when especially when Ben was gone, you would see linebackers and safeties creep up. Their first things were step step, yeah. and 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 when you saw that, the run game is going to get halted when more people are flowing to the ball. Yeah. Look at you, they're not scared. I don't. What, what am I worried? Devlin Hodges is going to hit me eighty yards downfield. They know that that's not his strength. 
So they're going to play your the, the, the thing that they know. You know what? James Conner, he made a Pro Bowl not too long ago. Marquise Pouncey can jump up in those gaps. That gives you that extra second in your own. You could talk about this as a lineman. When you get that extra section, section that they're not they're not jumping up in your gap, that gives you yes. the time to get up in them, create those creases, and then James Conner, who loves to run that power, that's when he hits that second gear. I agree with you 100% about that. When they know exactly what you're doing, and a lot can go into that. Let's say if they do spread the field out with, with McFarlane where they don't want to come up, you know, he can hit down downhill. Or if you put him and Jalen on the field, or Jalen and Connor on the field. Mm-hmm. There's a wow. lot that okay. goes into that. I think right now, they, and I know I saw an article that said that Connor was uh, the, less e- the, the least efficient starting back coming into the league. Not whatsoever this is i think the most complete backfield that any team has you have speed you have experience you have finesse you have catching all out of the backfield and yeah you can say it can get situational if Jalen coming in and might throw the ball but Jalen can also hit the edge you put connor and he can be downhill and he's shown he can at least beat you to the edge too and then you got like you said you got vance and ebron we hadn't even mentioned james washington yet who no. is <laughs> technically a down the field type of threat Mm-hmm. With Deontay, there's a lot going on on this offense where I'm like, everybody keeps talking about Kansas City and Baltimore and Tampa, but there's a lot that's going into this where teams can't decide on what they want to do. You can line up within a set with Vance and Ebron. You can have one back on the field and still be able to run the ball. That yeah. in itself, or still be able to run screens or just no huddle with an extra blocker. At least you have two tight ends. That's one blocker, okay? You, you have two of them in. You can still you're still able to run the ball. Imagine the no the no huddle and the tools that can be used with McFarlane on the edge, Connor, who's just starting, Jalen, and we're not even talking about Benny. Benny no. come in as a new person. And I'll say this too. I think he's gonna get a lot more touches than people think because he did exactly what Coach Tomlin wanted him to do. He changed. Okay. He changed his body. What do you he mean? Changed, he changed the way he looked. Benny came in last year as a, a as a a, a a college running back. He looks like it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Coach Tomlin okay. always challenges those guys. Think about it. Connor did the same thing. Changed after year one. Yes, he Le'Veon did. Le'Veon did it yeah. too. Same thing. Yeah. Changed physically. Jalen trying to look like an NFL back. Yeah. Thank you. So right now, yeah. all those dudes are threats to me. I know each one of them have their own situational. Uh, 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 on situations that they're gonna play in, but with McFarlane and Connor on the field, who are you gonna pick? You put Jalen and you put um Benny on the field, what are you gonna do too? I mean, I know Ben don't want to come on the field, but Wildcat could be a very serious threat this year. Oh, abs- absolutely. Here, uh, Jason has a good question here. How big of a factor do you see Mr. Reporting is eligible? Being this year, I'll I'll start by Y'all saying go that, on that one first. I'll say that I'll say first that Mister Reporting is eligible himself. Thinks he's going to be a very big factor. Uh, he's very as Vince Williams is fond of reminding him from the other side of the locker room. You're all loud and have all that big hair. <laughs> I don't know if you heard him. I was standing right next to Vince when he yelled that out. Uh, that's very much who seventy two. Of course, we're talking about Zach Banner here is. Yeah. Um, he's he's loud uh, everywhere that he is. And he's loud on social media. Ultimately, he has to get it done on the field. I am yeah. here to offer a voice to the voiceless, however. My discussions, 
my interactions with Chuxacorafor reveal, yes, reveal an individual who is absolutely no less confident and no less determined. So you're not going to see at Chooks whatever on Twitter, you're not going to see him getting the big cheer as the reporting is eligible. I Chooks has the snaps. Chooks yep. has been out there for the goal lines. Uh, I see this competition, at least from my own perspective, as being a legit one. I would not dismiss Chooks as being that guy who's the starter. I will no. now turn it over to you two. I mean, can I start on this one real quick? Go ahead. Go ahead. I, I'll let you finish since I finished the last one. The same way you feel about Chooks and Zach, I say this. I'm glad Zach said he was pulling himself off social media. Okay, when he said that, we'll I did see. A, we'll see. We'll I, see. I did the, you know, the I did a gift with Ben saying yes, and I put finally. I saw there. it. I saw you. <laughs> I, and I have a, but I did say this to him too, though. I said, hey, maximize whatever comes towards you in that social media world. But I always tell guys this. But remember what got you there. It's not your social media. They don't think you're cute and handsome. You might be the one or two. But football is what got you into this conversation. Football must come first. And like you said, Chooks, if you guys don't know, he has a, a, a speech impediment of a sense. So he don't say too much. But he's one of those guys who is fierce. He understands what's in front of him. And he wants a lot out of this game. Not yes, just for he himself. Does. I'm so he, glad you're saying this. He, he, he wants it. He was right next to me in my locker, okay? I talked to him every day. Like, he watched and he saw a whole lot of stuff. His confidence is through the roof. He knows like, exactly. It's like, like, like it's he's like this. It's, it's I don't know how else to. I don't mean to be speaking as if I yeah. know him more than you. I'm just trying to relay my own perspectives from afar and see if they maybe match. Uh, my my impressions of the young man is that he's legit. He's not there to be yeah. somebody's no. backup. And I'll say this: Zach will give his all because Zach knows he has to with everything he said and done his offseason as far as social media. But I'll say this too: Remember, Chooks, Chooks first start. It was against Von Miller. That's yes, right. it was. Oh, On the wow. Road. That's yeah. right. I forgot about that. Yes, we he did. We didn't have to protect Chooks. Okay, we started off the game. Okay, we got to watch the young boy. But after that, Chooks held his own. And he may have given up one, but hey, who's not going to give up two? But Dave one? didn't have to lean over to that side. No, Dave he didn't have did to, not. Tight end didn't have to stay in. And we weren't chipping to keep him safe. That's all I'll say about that. Think what you want to, but don't be surprised about, uh, about Chooks. No, that was that was my take on on, on Chukumo Korafor. Is that when you look at it, when you look at his talent, I mean, in college, I loved his footwork. When you when you saw him mm -hmm. in Western Michigan, he would get to his spot very quickly, um, and he would he would often be chopping his feet even at, even when he was was in yeah. position, so that when a play, when an opponent would try to cross his face, when they would try to swim around him or or rip uh, rip around his edge, he would be able to react pretty quickly because his feet were always still moving. Yeah. That's what I always appreciated about a Korafor, and that's continued in the pros and the times that I've. seen seen him i think that he's got the build and the makeup to be a starting tackle and a really yeah. good starting tackle in this league um and you know when we like i you, you brought up the, the broncos game when i saw that i was like okay this this, this guy looks like he's going to be ready really soon um so yeah. you know i i like the enthusiasm of zach banner i think he's he's uh he's kept everyone entertained during this quarantine season um and uh, and the stuff that i saw of him last year i'm like okay yeah there, there's 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 the stuff yeah. that he's working with but uh, Corpo ain't just gonna give him that spot, and that, oh no, that's that's gonna be an interesting thing to watch. 
And, and then on top of that, I know everybody knows Zach's a big dude, but Chooks is actually taller than, than me. I'm like 6'5", almost 6'6". Six, six. Chooks, mm-hmm. is, Chooks is legitimately taller than me also. So it's not like you're going to a 6'3 guy. No, this is yeah, a yeah, big yeah. dude. He's a big dude from a small school, but he also played big ball also. Yeah, with big reach too, which is important at that position to say the least here. Paul Nickel, uh, one of our great friends, asks Ramon, if something happens to Ben, how comfortable you feel about the Steelers' chances with Mason or Duck? And I, I mean, just to, to, to mount on top of what Paul asked, when you were in the huddle and they're calling the place, are you taking to the line of scrimmage with confidence? Are you feeling, not just in their voice, I know Mason has that big booming voice yeah. thing going on out there, which is great. <laughs> But Gotta tell them lower it, yeah. <laughs> but but but, and you and I talked about this off camera earlier this week. Duck stepped into a stadium in Los Angeles mm-hmm. on primetime football, taking on Philip Rivers, and won and, and won. beat him. I'm just not giving all the credit to Duck, but I'm just saying, okay. <laughs> everyone's ready to dump all over these guys because of the way the season wound up. They're not Ben, but did you have confidence no. in them? I, I, I'll say this too. I hope nothing happens to Ben whatsoever. And if it's, if it's, if I know him and I know how he's aligned, he's going to do everything he can not to let anything happen to him. And if it does, he's not going out without a fight. I know that for sure. That's about Ben. And, and I'll segue that into their question. It's always different with the backups. It just is. Teams prepare different. They they attack you differently. So to say that I feel a certain way if I'm with uh, Devlin or if I'm with Mason, no, I don't feel the same way as 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 if I'm with Ben. You you guys as fans don't feel the same way with Ben or or uh, I mean with anybody in other than Ben. So you can't. I mean, it, it's not reasonable. And anybody who says otherwise, I know their standard is a standard and all that other stuff. But there's also being realistic. It is, and it gets to that way. Uh, it's that way until they prove themselves. I'm sure when Ben came into the game, people were were cheering when he came in, but at the same time, we're like, "Oh, what are we getting ourselves into?" Until he started to prove himself over and over again. Mason hit a rough patch last year when it, when when stuff started to get going, and we got to look at our rec- I mean, our opponents last year. It wasn't just the easiest group of group of teams that we've seen. We played some legit defenses that knew how to scheme up against us. So. It's always going to be that feeling if Ben's not in until there's a long length of, of, of film for a guy to get comfortable enough. Mason is capable, very capable. Duck, we saw what he did with us. He can make stuff happen. We got to surround him and make the guys around him got to make those plays. Um, but they, I know for sure the Steelers are high on Mason Rudolph as far as his talent and his ability. It's just getting the reps, and when you have Ben in front of you, unless you have a, 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 a IR season for Ben, they're not going to get those reps. Uh, I've got uh, – this one's a little bit different. This is from our friend Chris Dolnak. He asked, why don't agents prepare these guys physically? I don't think a lot of people realize that – I mean, depending on the agents or the agency, that agents can be involved in off-season – yeah. Uh, workouts and conditioning and, and you, where you'll get together with other clients from that agency so that you're not working out alone. Um, that said, I'm not prepared to blame yeah. agents. If someone comes in out of shape, someone came in out of shape. Yeah, no. Yeah. The, the, the agents have really no real dealings with players other than contracts. 
That's uh, like what you see from uh, the movie uh, Mark McGuire is not real life. Or, or what you guys see, uh, I hadn't seen ballers, but I'm guessing on ballers, the agents are there doing stuff with them. Like you'll have a guy who's like, I guess, who's more on 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 the scene, like uh, a Drew Rosenhaus that's doing yeah. stuff with those guys. You know, he has a lot of guys, but that's not the agent's deal. The agent's deal is to do that contract um, and, and get them the most money that they can. The most I talk to my agent, we have a good relationship. We talk, but the most we talk to them is in a contract year or at the end of the season. That's from 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 March to April is the most I talk to them. And at the end of the season, when it's like, hey, are you paying your agent dues this year? That's the most, that's how it goes. <laughs> <laughs> there, that's, that's why I say about the COVID stuff, like, it's interesting and it's good that the NFL is also prepare, like preparing guys by running on the field. A lot of mm -hmm. guys, I don't want to say don't have self-discipline, but a lot of guys are probably weren't where they wanted to be. And also, the harsh reality of it too, some guys come to camp to get in the shape. So that's not on still them. thirty still. years after that was a thing. You know, <laughs> it's been so, a long time since that was that, normal. That's not an agent thing. That's a being as as Coach Tomlin would call it a true pro thing. This question is for Carter from Steve. Asks for Pitt: Are we going to have a good running game this year to balance the offense? I mean, let, let me just start with an interjection there. I, I'm presuming that the the balance that needs to happen there. It's not like Pitt had a great passing offense. Uh, to me, isn't it a case of where it, it's got to be Kenny Pickett and the whole offense rising up? Yeah, it's, it's partially that. One thing that, though, Kenny Pickett did have the second most yards per game throwing the ball in the ACC last year. In the year. ACC, yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. He did that well. But he even acknowledges they, they had nine red zone touchdowns all season long in the ACC. That's unacceptable. They know that has to improve. And uh, offensive coordinator Mark Whipple said, part of that's on me. I didn't call the right thing. It was my first year. Uh, you know, and I have to, I, I, I was, it was a learning process for me, but we, you know, we were, we went, we've been going over how to improve on red zone concepts, what things work better and how to process them versus different defenses we face. Um, but absolutely the running game is part of this because, um, what's up, Missy? Um, but, uh, she saw me at training camp one time. I love it. I just like when they show up and just say, hi, we've had a bunch of those. And I keep putting them yeah. up on the board because it's fun. <laughs> So um, didn't mean to interrupt your <laughs> No, you're fine. But part of the part of the, the the running game issue last year was the offensive line. They were still figuring it out. And we talked to center Jim Morrissey today, and Jim Morrissey said this is gonna be the first time that we've actually played together for you know with some of these guys for multiple wow. years. And AJ Davis, they said they like AJ Davis. They like what he brings to the table. The problem is they have to cut they have to commit better on the offensive line. And they're going to see some more of that cohesiveness carry over from last year. So part of it, I think, is Kenny Pickett capitalizing on more mistakes. Uh, you know, his receivers not dropping as many passes. They're really excited about the new guy, Lucas Kroll, the guy that was a transfer from Florida. Um, they say he's a freak of nature at the tight end position. Wow. And he's going to present, you know, he's big, but he's, they say he's also pretty good in the open field. So they're very excited about, about that running game, at least being serviceable, which I think is all they need to be. Because like I'm saying for the Steelers this year, I'm not saying the Steelers have to have a top 10 offense this year. We're, we're talking about the excitement that they could. But if they are 16, 15, 14, and that's just mediocre. Yep. Where it was last year, they're in the hunt for the Super Bowl this year. Same thing yeah. goes for, for Pitt when it, comes to, when it comes to college football. 
if that defense is among the best in the ACC again, and that offense they ranked uh, like it was like is like next to last in offense. Yeah, they'll compete. If, if they get back to the middle or a little above the middle, then you're talking about they're gonna win a few more of those games and, and not have to struggle with the with the the North Carolinas and the right. Duke and the Miami. Yeah. My man Steve Smith is begging for a cameo baseball question here. He's going to get it from me. He says, I know they've got more games to play, and I don't want this to happen, but can the Pirates finish with a lower winning percentage than the Alleghenies? For those of you who don't know what that is, <laughs> the 1890 Pittsburgh Alleghenies, which was so long ago that Pittsburgh didn't even have its H at the time, that team won 23 out of 140 games. They were the worst team under the Pirates' 134-year history. This team will not do that, and I am predicting that not just because all the rest of the NL Central will come down with coronavirus and forfeit all the <laughs> remainder of their games, as the Cardinals are clearly intent on doing, but also because the Pirates, okay, they're not going to be very good. <laughs> I thought I was on to something there. I thought I was on to something. You were building it. You were building it. What happened? You were, you were, you were getting oh, to no. I was ready. I was there. I was there, and nothing <laughs> happened. Look, look, okay, I'm, I'm going to be fair about this. Nobody in town is bringing up that they've lost nine players, including six pitchers. Two of them are starting pitchers, and they're three best bullpen arms. I'm sorry, regardless of what you thought of their payroll, of everything else going into this season, you can't take away one-third of any team's roster and say, okay, go get them. Chris yeah. Archer and Mitch Keller out of the rotation. Your closer was supposed to be Keone Keller. Still hasn't pitched an inning for the team. Uh, Kyle Crick was going to be the setup man. I was supposed to bail him out when he couldn't pitch, couldn't do it. Nick Birdie comes along. He's thrown 100 miles an hour. He's shut down for the season. There's nowhere to I – mean, what are you going to do, especially when you don't have that depth? <laughs> but nobody wants to mention it because that's just what it is. And, uh, yeah, I tried. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I, I see how this is going to go here. Um, is, it, is, it, is it because it's the norm for the Pirates, or is it because, hey, this is a weird year? No, I mean, you're seeing there's a couple of things that are happening for the Pirates that are the norm, and they're going to be the norm around all of professional sports. One is pitching injuries. This was predicted by everybody, including yeah. Trevor Williams. And, and Ramon, you and I had to talk about this. And what we was did. the one position? I did say the one position that I was most concerned about pitching. in professional sports was pitching in baseball. Yep. Um, that you don't want to be right on those things. Okay. But when Nick Birdie's out with an elbow uh, and, the, and the rest of these guys crick with a shoulder, they're losing a lot of guys around baseball, not just in Pittsburgh. Uh, I'm worried about it. To that note, Larray asks us, do you think with no camp, it's opening up for players to get injured earlier, easier. Well, actually, Lorraine, so just to correct it, they are having a camp. It's not open to the media yet, so it's not quite as visible. The Steelers and all NFL teams are having a camp. What they don't have are preseason games, and that's where I will throw it to 73 over at the other end. Well, I'll, I'll say this. Two years ago, I had no camp, and I had no preseason games, and I played all 16. My position is different as far as offensive linemen, but that year I think I had close to 1,200 snaps, which is a lot. Okay, yeah. that is a <laughs> lot of snaps in the season. With no, I think I did I miss? I don't think I missed any uh, that year. It's possible, but it's also about having the right training staff and the right rehab around you. Also, 
Um, as far as the small skill guys, as far as wide receivers, DBs, running backs, and stuff like that, they're stopping and going could be an issue, but these they're not hitting to August 17th. So hopefully with like the acclimation period of those guys being able to get to a point to where they're able to cut, get in pads, make football moves. You can do all the stuff, the footwork stuff in the offseason all you want to, but being around the team and running in between the lines or stopping and going 